We're in our series asking ourselves this question, what do I believe? And this morning we're going to talk about mothers and some important things. And I recently read an article about moms and how science has discovered how important moms are. And the article uh, said that there are five ways that moms influence our brains, our attitude, and our resilience. There were five, five ways that this happened. The first was that talking to mom can change how you see a situation. How many of us know that's true, right? In a 2014 study published in the journal Communication Monographs, 64 young women were asked to talk about a negative personal experience with somebody other than their mom. In the next phase of the study, the moms of these women discussed that personal experience with their daughters for 15 minutes. When the daughters were asked to return and share their story a third time, every participant shared the story in a more positive way. See, the 64 young women learned that their story could be changed in a new light just by talking to their mom, which is a good reminder that we shall call our mom today. Amen? Second, a mom's voice activates your brain. Brain scans of children suggest we not only prefer the sound of our mother's voice over the voice of others, but our minds uniquely respond to their sounds. The study found mother's voices specifically elicit greater activity in the parts of the brain. And in this 2016 study at Stanford University, researchers used some ways of testing kids and found that children could identify their mother's voice 97% of the time and that their mother's voice also elicited critical parts of the children's brains to function. The lead author of the study, Daniel Abrams, said, we didn't realize that a mother's voice would bring about such quick access to so many different functions in the brain. Third thing they discovered was that neural connections between moms and babies make a mega network. In a 2020 study published by the journal NeuroImage, it found that when a mother's emotional state is positive, their brain becomes more connected to their baby's brain. This was determinant by scanning the brains of a mom and an infant And during that time, they noticed that while moms were making eye contact and interacting with their baby, that both brains began to operate in a similar singular system. They they discovered and and came to the conclusion that this happened most most significantly so that moms and babies could communicate with one another. Through this connection, babies were equipped to learn from their moms. Fourth, we we discovered that positive relationships with the mother can benefit a child throughout a lifetime. See, the trajectory of a life is profoundly influenced by a mother, whether or not the relationship with the mom is a good one. In 2019, a study was published in the Journal of Marriage and Family, and scientists found positive interactions with a mom within a child's first 16 years that it associates with staying in school longer, having better memory, and better marital satisfaction in adulthood. 
In fact, this builds off of other research as well that suggests a mother's influence helps children manage their emotions, their attention span, and their actions better. And then lastly, science has discovered that moms can literally change your brain. A mother's influence resonates both physically and mentally. In a 2012 study, scientists found school-aged children who were positively supported by their mothers had a larger hippocampus than those that were not. The hippocampus is a layer of densely packed neurons and plays a major role in learning and memory. This study validated something that seems to be intuitive, which is just how important nurturing moms are. The lead author of the study, Joan Lubby, said this, I think the public health implications suggest that we should pay more attention to mother's nurturing and we should do what we can as a society to foster these skills because clearly nurturing has a very, very big impact on later development. I love reading studies like this because I love to see when science catches up with God's word. You like that? I love it when science finally figures out what God's been saying for about 4,000 years in his word. That moms are very influential in our lives. And our bodies, even physically, and our brains, and our minds, and our futures are actually all influenced by the way our mom interacts in our life. And I'd like to make a strong point about that this morning and about something that I believe the Bible says on a regular occasion. And we're going to start in the book of Proverbs to look at that. So if you have your Bible or you want to turn your Bible on, you can jump over to Proverbs chapter 1. We're going to get there in a minute. As we've been discovering what we believe, I'd like us to think about something this morning and leave with an important thing to believe, and that is that mothers have incredible influence. Mothers have incredible influence. Now, I think this is important for us to believe today because we're living in a world that's moving away from the idea of moms having biblical and godly and important influence in our lives And that role is extremely important in children and in the next generation. In fact, the scientists are now saying that nurturing has a very, very big impact on our life. And that's exactly what God's word calls moms to do, is to nurture and teach and encourage and correct and discipline and all these things that help nurture us at a young age that help us become great adults that know how to follow Jesus on our own. Now, I want to look at four sections of Scripture that help us understand this influential part of mom's life in our lives as well. And I want to share this because I think there's two reasons that we need to look at this. The first reason is if you're in a place right now in your life where maybe you're not appreciating your mom's influence in your life, then hopefully this will help you change your mind. And you'll choose to allow the relationship that you have with your mom to become one of the most important ones in your life. Second, if you're a mom that is questioning your influence, you're questioning whether or not you have influence with your children right now or whether you had influence with your children, I hope to show you that you are extremely important right now in the present, no matter what age your children are. And I hope to show you that 
your, the future of your children, no matter what age they are, is extremely important in their life. In Proverbs chapter 1, it talks about um, something very important about moms, and I'm going to get to that in a second. Uh, I happen to really like the book of Proverbs. I don't know if you like the book of Proverbs, but I am going to say and stand on the fact that, that all of us love the book of Proverbs. You may say, Pastor Mark, how can you say that I love the book of Proverbs? You can't tell me whether or not I love the book of Proverbs. Well, I think I can, and here's why I think I can. The book of Proverbs is the most comprehensive writing (coughs) about wisdom in the Bible. You say, great, but how does that help me? Well, it's also full of the greatest one-liners in the Bible. And social media has taught us one thing, hasn't it? We all really love one-liners. We love one-liners. We want great one-liners that we can click on and love and like and all those things. And we want to send out great one-liners to have other people love and like. So I think it's probably true from the social experiment of social media that we all really like one-liners, don't we? Well, listen to some of these great one-liners from the book of Proverbs. The first one is this, blessed are those who find wisdom. Do not envy the violent or choose any of their ways. Guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. All who fear the Lord will hate evil. The Lord formed you from the beginning. Learn to use good judgment. Lazy people irritate their employers. Hatred stirs up quarrels. The lips of the godly speak helpful words. Riches won't help you on the day of judgment. Without wise leadership, a nation falls. The generous will prosper. Truthful words stand the test of time. Work hard and become a leader. If you accept correction, you will be honored. A gentle answer deflects anger. A happy heart is a happy face. A friend is always loyal. Intelligent people are always ready to learn. Loyalty makes a person attractive. It is better to be poor than dishonest. Only a stupid man listens to one side of the story. Keep your mouth shut and you'll stay out of trouble. (laughs) Don't fail to discipline your children. Quarrels disappear when gossip stops. And lastly, every word of God proves true. Whew, that's a lot of good one-liners, isn't it? I mean, there's a lot of wisdom packed full in there. Now, why do I share those with you? Because those little one-liners kind of, I pull them from almost every chapter in Proverbs, one from every chapter. So it's a great big comprehensive look at the book of Proverbs. Now, why do I share a, a big comprehensive look at the book of Proverbs? Because in chapter one, verse eight, in the introduction of the book of Proverbs, it tells us something very important 
about the wisdom that you read in all of the chapters following chapter 1. It says this in verse 8. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. Now, what kind of things is your mother going to teach you? Well, things like not being lazy, to learn good judgment, to understand to be generous and to correct you, and to learn to, there's times where you open your mouth and there's times where you shut your mouth, not to start a fight or a quarrel, all kinds of things like that, right? Those are all the one-liners that moms are going to give you that help you be wise that the book of Proverbs talks about from chapter 1 through chapter 31. See, according to the introduction in Proverbs, it's mothers and fathers that are teaching these vital lessons to their children that become extremely important in adulthood. So all these great one-liners that we just read are the wisdom that a mom teaches their kids. And these are lessons that are shaping our life and shaping nearly every aspect of our life. So moms are always teaching and we're supposed to be listening and then choosing to live what was taught. So the first verse tells us, hey, moms are always teaching and we should be listening to what they taught. Now, the second verse I want to show you is also in the book of Proverbs. It's in chapter 6, verses 20 to 23, and it's a repeat. He repeats the verse in verse 8, but then he goes on and shares a little bit more that I think is even more helpful. Look at Proverbs chapter 6, verse 20 to 23. My son, keep your father's command and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Bind them always on your heart. Fasten them around your neck. When you walk, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. When you awake, They will speak to you. For this command is a lamp. This teaching is a light. And correction and instruction are the way to life. Now, these verses say something very important. They say something important to moms. And they say something important to all of us that have a mom. So first of all, let me talk to the moms. Moms, listen. Your teaching is a light. Your teaching is a light in a very dark world right now. And so we need your teaching. We need you talking. We need you sharing. We need you imparting wisdom from God's word to us. What you say is important, so don't shy away from it. Don't shy away from telling your kids and teaching them the lessons that are important to live about Jesus. Teaching them about how to live for Jesus and not for this world. Because... We need your input. People with moms, which is who in this room? It's all of us, yeah. So people with moms, all of us. These verses tell us, well, we better listen to our moms or we might get stuck in a really dark place. We might end up in a really bad situation in our life if we don't heed the words of our mom. Because our mom's wisdom is meant to be in our heart. It's meant to guide us. It's meant to help us. It's meant to help us when we're awake, when we're asleep, when we're going through difficult times in life. Their wisdom, this says, guides us, watches over us, and speaks over our lives in critical moments 
when we need wisdom because the wisdom that they are imparting is the wisdom of God for our life. Moms, your correction and instruction are the way to life, this verse says. Now, I don't know if you noticed that I used a four-letter word here. But Pastor Mark, I didn't catch it. Well, that's, it's not really a four-letter word. I'm not very good at math. But the four-letter word, we would call it a cuss word in our culture if we could. It's the word correction. Like, we don't like that anymore in our culture. We've, we've pulled out almost every bit of correction, accountability, uh, any, any possibility that somebody could tell me something about myself that I'm not doing right. We seem to want to pull all of that out of, of culture right now. But moms, I want to encourage you, don't stop. We need you. Moms, we need you correcting. We need you instructing. Because Proverbs says correct, correction and instruction are the way to life. In other words, correcting and getting instruction from somebody that loves you very much, like your mom, is the way that you learn how to live right. It's the way that you learn how to be a great adult and a great kid in this world. And there are so many confusing things happening in our world that it's really important that we have the correction and instruction from moms. So moms, I want to encourage you, correct errors in thinking. Correct errors and attitudes. Correct errors and actions. And teach the truth about Jesus and God's word. And correct in love the things that our world is teaching. So sit down with your kids. Talk with them. Have great conversations. And teach them what's right and what's wrong. Because no one else is correcting right now. So we need the correction of moms. Let me give you an example of this. Recently, my, my son um, called Kate and I, and it was a day when he had just gone to work, and he had been sharing some things with some of his coworkers, and, and uh, he's, he was working this construction job, and one of the things he wanted to tell Kate and I was that he was really appreciative of the way that Kate and I corrected him at moments and also the way that we taught him how to do his chores and that we wouldn't put up with his nonsense when he was pouting and complaining about not doing his chores and we would just make him do them anyway. And so he was saying, thank you for that. After I picked myself up off the floor, um, I was like, wow, really? And he said, yeah, he said, I'm noticing that um, one of the things that, you know, you guys just put in my life was this ability to just, you know, work hard and be a good worker. And one of the reasons you, you, that, that happened was because you didn't put up with my nonsense. You didn't put up with my attitude problem when I was wanting to have an attitude or wanting to play video games all day or do whatever. You said, nope, we got work to do today and you're helping and you're working with us. And this is what we do as a family. And so he was really appreciative of that. And so I just want to encourage you, moms, we need that correction. We need that instruction. Even when our kids don't like it, right? None of us like it when we're young. But when we're older, we realize, man, that was really important what my mom did in my life. And so I want to encourage you, mom, to use that correction and instruction. Those of us with moms, so people with moms, let moms correct you. Right? The book of Proverbs says it's wise to let wise people correct you. 
So if you want to be wise, you have to hang out with the wise and you have to let wise people correct you. And that doesn't matter what age you are. This isn't an age-specific thing. Because I don't know about you, I'm, I'm 50 now, and I, sometimes I still do the same things I was doing when I was 13. That's what boys do. Boys are better at that than girls, but um, we're just like that. So those of us that are, are, have moms, wise people let their moms teach and correct them because we need that in our life every single day of our life. Moms, here's another one for you. Instruct in the godly way to live. Like that's what Proverbs is talking about. That mothers teach. And the things that they're teaching are godly things. And so I want to encourage you to impart the wisdom of God to your kids' lives. It's always helpful because you are giving us the words of life from God himself. So don't be afraid to instruct in the ways that are Christ-like. Instruct your children how to live for Jesus that God's word is true, that kindness and love are better than hatred and judgment. All those things that Jesus teaches us in the Gospels, let's teach those things to our kids. The third section of verses where we see mothers have incredible influence is in John chapter 2. So turn over to John chapter 2. In John chapter 2, this is a, um, a moment in Jesus' life and in his mom's life when Jesus does his first miracle. It's when Jesus changes water into wine at a wedding. But there's something interesting here about the incredible influence of his mom. So I wanted us to look at it together. In John chapter 2, verse 1 to 5, the Bible says this, On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, And Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now follow me in this little story. You probably know the rest of it. The servants uh, went and gathered a whole bunch of jars of large jars, like 20 to 30 gallons, filled them full of water, and Jesus turned the water to wine. And it wasn't just any wine. It was really, really good wine. It was the best wine at the party. Now, let me talk about quickly what's happening here so we understand what Jesus is doing. This is an interesting moment because Jesus is at a wedding, and just like weddings in the United States today, we have something similar to old weddings like this. When the alcohol runs out, people leave. Now, that's unfortunate because that's not really why we're there. We're there to celebrate a couple, not to drink alcohol. But the point is still the same. That when there was no more drinks to be drunk, people would just go home. Celebration would stop. And in this culture, not only did the celebration stop, but it it would actually be a disgrace upon the family. It It would be a way that like the family could not provide for their family and their friends. And so it would, it would bring a blot upon the family. And we're assuming that this was part of Jesus' family. It's a family wedding. Jesus is there. Mary's kind of involved. And how many of us know that when mothers and grandmothers kind of help with weddings, right? We all get that. And so here's Mary, and she notices, hey, the wine's about to run out. But she knows the solution. Or she knows the one who always 
has a solution. And so she involves Jesus and she brings Jesus into the picture here. Because Jesus' mother has incredible influence. See, Jesus in this moment, it's interesting. Uh, Mary goes to Jesus and says, they, they have mo no more wine. And Jesus' answer to her is, woman, why do you involve me? Now, let me show you something here because this isn't the way we would take it in English, right? In English, we would take this to mean like what? Like, woman, what are you doing? What, what, what am I going to do about this? But that's not what this means in the culture. The word woman actually is a very honoring word. Uh, it's a very respectful word. And, and it meant, what do you want me to do? But Jesus is also saying <coughs> in this moment, my time hasn't come. And what Jesus was saying in this moment was, it's not time for me to glorify myself in this moment. Now, there's something interesting about this phrase. My hour has not yet come. Jesus actually used this phrase several times when he did a miracle or when somebody was asking him to do something. He would say, my hour has not yet come. In other words, Jesus was saying, the way that I, I could glorify myself in this miracle is not as important as another event in my life. So throughout his life and throughout the three years that he was doing miracles, he would use this phrase on several occasions. My hour has not yet come. And what he meant was his hour to be glorified. But the night that he shared bread and wine with his disciples, he switched the phrase. And he said this, my hour has come. My hour has come. And what he meant was this, that the best way that God was going to be glorified when he came to earth was on the cross and to the resurrection, not through a miracle. And so what Jesus is saying to his mom is, Mom, it, it's not my time to, to glorify myself right now. But here's what's interesting. Mary knows there's a problem. And Mary knows Jesus can solve the problem. Mary knows Jesus has the ability to solve the problem. And Mary knows that Jesus can do a miracle. And Mary knows exactly what is needed in this situation at this time right now. And it's that Jesus needs to do something so that the family doesn't have a blot or a disgrace upon its life. And because Jesus respects his mom, and because his mom has influence in his life, Jesus does a miracle. And because he listens to his mom, and because he believes his mom has wisdom, he changes his mind and he does a miracle in this moment. Now here's what else is pretty interesting about this situation. Jesus isn't a young boy anymore. This isn't like a moment where he's 10 and he needs to obey his mom. He's 30 years old. He's his own man. He could do whatever he wants. But instead, he chooses to embrace the wisdom of his mom. He chooses to embrace the influence that his mom has in his life. And he chooses to do what his mom asks. See, what we discover is that we should embrace the influence of our moms no matter what age we are. We also discover that moms have this innate ability to notice the abilities of their kids 
and the talents of their kids and how they can encourage them to use them. And so moms, I want to encourage you to do that, to know the gifts and talents and abilities that each of your kids have. And then look for opportunities to help them use their abilities to honor Jesus and to serve others. See, no one, no one on the planet knew better than Mary what Jesus could do. And no one on the planet knew better who Jesus was. And so Mary asks him to move. The same is true for you, moms. No one knows your kids better than you do. No one. No one on this planet knows your kids better than you do. So you know exactly what's good for your kids. How they, what talents they have, what abilities they have, what you're encouraging in them, what you're challenging them to pursue. And so you get to use your influence to help your kids grow and fan into flame their gifts and their talents and use them for Jesus because you are an incredible influence in their lives. And I want to encourage you to use your influence wisely. Lastly, there's a verse in 1 Timothy, sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. So go there with me. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, the Apostle Paul is encouraging Timothy as uh, his disciple. In the middle of encouraging him about his faith, he tells him something very, very important about the influence of, of mothers. This is what Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. He says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. Now, look at what Paul is saying here, because this is really important. What Paul is saying is that sincere faith is something that can be passed down generationally. Sincere faith in Jesus Christ is something you get to give to your children and to your grandchildren if you're a grandmother. This is extremely important because what we also discover is that the greatest and most important influence you have as a mom or a grandmother is your faith in Jesus Christ. There's nothing more important that you will give away. Literally nothing. And you might give lots of things away to your grandkids and to your kids. But nothing is more important than your sincere faith in Jesus Christ. See, your faith in Jesus is your greatest gift and your most important influence to those around you. Nothing is more important than letting Jesus shine through you to those around you. Now, I love in the Bible when it talks about something and it often will link a descriptive word to that word so that you can understand what's trying to be declared and said more clearly. In this case, Paul uses the word sincere linked to the word faith, and he links them together. So what Paul is really saying is it's important to pass down your faith, but he links the word sincere to it. Not just any kind of faith, sincere faith. It's the Greek word anipokristos, and it means genuine. It means not hypocritical. 
It means sincere, and it means not acting. In other words, what Paul is saying is there was a genuine faith that you got to watch, Timothy, in your grandma. And there was a genuine faith, a real faith, a raw, authentic faith that you got to watch in your mom. And that faith was not an act. They were not pretending. It wasn't just some sort of religious behavior that you see in the false mythological gods of the Romans and the Greeks. It wasn't some sort of religious behavior like even we would do as Jews with the Old Testament. This wasn't some sort of religious act. They had a real faith in God. They really had a relationship with Jesus that changed their life completely and their life was completely guided by their faith. You got to watch that in your grandma. You got to watch that in your mom. And that is the legacy of their life to you. And I want to encourage you to be that way as well. See, this kind of sincere faith in Jesus is what the next generation needs. And what Paul says is moms and grandmas and the important influence that they have get to give it to the next generation. So moms and grandmas, I want to encourage you. The most important thing you will give away in your entire lifetime is your sincere faith to your great-grandkids, your grandkids, and your own kids. There's nothing more important. Moms, never take for granted. Not for one minute, Not for one hour, not for one day. Never take for granted the simple life in Jesus that you are living before your kids, before the people in our city, before this church, and before the world that is lost and hurting. Never take for granted the little eyes that are watching everything you do and say. And I don't say that so that you will try to live a perfect life. That's not the point. Perfection is not what we're looking for. Jesus died for our perfection because we don't have it. Amen. We're not pursuing, we're pursuing perfection, but we know it's not attainable. So knowing that little eyes are watching is not this demand for perfection. It's a call to use your influence. To use your influence with those little eyes. To live for Jesus in a real and honest way that is tangible and beautiful. Moms, I want to encourage you to work into each day, into each week, intentional times with each of your kids to use your influence to to teach, to correct, to instruct, to encourage their abilities and live out their sincere faith in Jesus. Use your incredible influence for Jesus. Use your influence with your kids, with this world, because I'm convinced, probably like you are, is that the world needs godly moms. That's exactly what this world needs. And if we're going to turn our world around and we're going to change this country for Jesus, 
It's going to start with moms in homes who embrace the biblical nurturing truth of teaching kids about God. When someone wants your influence, I'm going to encourage you to just be all in. Be all in. When someone doesn't want your influence, that's okay. Keep praying for them. Keep loving on them. Keep teaching. Keep instructing. Keep correcting. They'll come around. They'll grow up and they'll understand that the influence I had in my life was extremely important. And I see it now. Would you stand with me? I'm going to ask our prayer team to come down and just get ready to pray with those that would like prayer this morning for whatever, for healing or for salvation or just maybe you want to just pray about something as a mom. So those people are going to come down and while they do, could we just, could we just close in prayer? Pray with me. Jesus, we want to close by just saying thank you for our moms. Thank you for the influence that our moms have had in our life. They've they've helped us learn and grow, be the people that we are today, and we need that. Lord, I also want to pray for those moms that are at home with young ones and elementary school age and middle school age and high school age. Lord, would you help them to be a great influence in their lives? Would you help there to be teaching and training and correcting and all kinds of ways of influence that take place in a home? And those of you that are under the age of 18 and you're in this room, I just want to pray a special prayer for you too. I just want to pray that you would recognize the special relationship that you get to have with a mom that loves you a whole lot. And that is imparting truth from God's word into your life. I want to encourage you to embrace it, to believe it, to trust it, and to recognize that one of the greatest relationships you will have in your entire life is a relationship that you have with your mom. Jesus, I pray that you would give the presence and power of the Holy Spirit to the moms in this room. That they would know the supernatural strength of God Almighty to live in the calling that you've given them. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for moms today. And would you help us to help us to honor them all day in Jesus' name. We all said? Amen. Amen. Well, if you'd like to pray about something, come on down. We'd love to pray with you. Don't forget, moms, there's a special gift for you as you go. Happy Mother's Day to all you moms. Thanks for being in church today. Always remember, Jesus loves you very much. So do Kate and I. Have a great week.